Hello, hello, and welcome again to Young Generation Presents. I'm your host, Jim Perales. Young Generation Presents TV and Radio. Today I come uh, with a very historic news about San Antonio and about the Alamo. And uh, we're going to get started. I'm going to tell you a little, little story about it and how he got so obsessed with the Alamo. It's none other than the uh, former band uh, drummer and singer of Genesis, which is Phil Collins. Uh, and let's get one thing the people know he is from England, but when he was five years old, I, I might repeat this again, but he was, uh, he was obsessed with the Alamo watching a Disney show about Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett, about the Alamo. And since that time, he was just so obsessed with it. So uh, one day he came to San Antonio and he stayed at the Emily Morgan for two years. And um, he was so obsessed that anytime there was an interaction out there, he dressed up like one of the American soldiers. Uh, come to think of it, um, that's, that's how so, so much uh, effort and uh, uh, guidance he had to see this, you know, uh, um, and study it more. Well, during the Alamo War, Santa Ana from Mexico, he came, before he came to San Antonio to conquer the Alamo, uh, two of the generals in the Alamo had a water well on the side. You'll probably find it if you go over there. They threw all the documentation and declarations down there and blew it up. Well, uh, Phil Collins found out about it, reading about the history, so he got some architects, yeah, his money, and and dug it up and found all those documentations, declarations, and everything. If I could post them on my on my uh, podcast, I will of all the antiques and artifacts that he got in there. Not all of them, but some of them that are very genuine and very unique. Uh, but he found all that. He found over 15 million worth of antiques and artifacts. And he didn't sell it. He donated it back to the Alamo. And that's why San Antonio ranks number one in the USA, number two in the world for heritage history. I don't know if it keeps on going because they they found out about the Euphrates River in Iceland, the, the Warm Springs water. Uh, there's other um, heritage history that's been coming up throughout the years, but I'm glad to say we hit number one in the USA and number two in the world. And uh, all that museum, all that construction and everything going on where I think they're going to close off that road there. It's going to be all museum uh, by Phil Collins and by his money too. A lot of the stores, a lot of the clubs, they they were asked to make room for this. Not in a bad way, in a good way. And that's what I like about the mayor here. Um, you know, instead of, you know, uh, being argumental, they all came down and reasoned together to do this. And Phil Collins always remembered the album. A British rock legend's unlikely fascination drove him to amass 
the world's largest private collection of the Alamo relics, which he recently donated to the Texas landmark. How did a British rock star Phil Collins become captive, captivated by the Alamo? The answer is Davy Davy Crockett. As a five-year-old boy growing up in London suburb, Collins became enthralled by the Walt Disney series Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier, playing on his family's black and white television set. The budding musician put down his drumsticks and picked up his toy soldiers to reenact the Battle of the Alamo in his garden. And his grandfather even cut up a fur coat to craft a makeshift coonskin cape like the worn by the actor Fess Parker on the Disney series. The former Genesis drummer and lead vocalist first set eyes on the Alamo in 1973. During the rock group's first tour of the United States, I was just spellbound when I first saw it in person. Collins recalled during a visit to the Texas Landmark last year, the Oscar and multi-Grammy award-winning DeVard books about the Alamo, and in the mid-1980s, on a tour stop in Washington, D.C., he noticed a letter signed by David Crockett in a Georgetown antiques shop. Even on a rock star's income, Collins, though, the autograph document took expensive, too expensive at the time, but it made him aware of the Alamo relics available collectors. When the musician's wife gave him a receipt for a saddle purchase by John W. Smith, one of his couriers dispatched the Lieutenant Colonel William B. Travis during the siege of the Alamo as a Christmas gift. It became the seed for what has sprouted into what is likely the world's largest private collection of Alamo relics. As Collins stepped away from recording music, hunting for Alamo memorabilia became his new gig. Among the hundreds of artifacts that Collins had purchased are one of Crockett's foreknown rifles and his French leather shot pouch, a knife that belonged to Jim Bowie, Sam Houston's snuff box, a sword once brandished by the Mexican general Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana. Over the years, Collins has broadened his collecting to the Texas Revolution in general purchase items such as a letter written by Stephen F. Austin in a Mexican prison and artifacts from Goliad, San Jacinto, and Gonzalez. In 2012, Collins wrote a 460-page coffee table book, The Alamo and Beyond, A Collector's Journey, that documented his collection and short documentary, Phil Collins and the Wild Frontier, chronicled his book through Texas, tour through Texas. Then in June 2014, after storing the extensive 
collection in his basement and in his home outside Geneva, Switzerland, Collins announced that he was donating the artifacts to the Alamo, even agreeing to pay for the cost of shipping the items to San Antonio. There's no point in keeping the cream of it for me because I want everything to s I want everyone to see everything. He said at the press conference announcing the donation, I have loved affairs with the place since I was about five years old, Collins said, which I didn't get as fascinated by something in English history. I'll never know. Of his non-traditional purchases for a rock star, Collins said, some people would buy Ferraris, some would buy houses. I bought old bits of metal and old bits of paper. To me, these items aren't just about the battle, Collins said. They are about ideal of these men and women have a choice of staying to fight for what they believe to be the, to be just and right that what makes these things special. The treasures, the trove of relics, estimated to be worth tens of millions of dollars, according to the Texas Monthly, is so large that Elamo is raising money to construct a 100 million museum that will permanently house and interpret the Phil Collins Elamo collection. The first item in the collection, some of which hadn't been back in San Antonio since the Battle of the Alamo in 1836, was delivered in October 2014 and are being temporarily housed in a building across the street from the Texas landmark. There were brave men on both sides of the wall, Collins said, and this collection will help to tell that story. In recognition of this gift, the state legislator names Collins as the honorary Texan. In March 2015, in spite of the donations, the Rockstar Collecting Days are not over. He plans to continue the purchase of relics, eventually said, send them on to San Antonio. I can't resist the idea I'm kind of a bit of a magnet now for things relating to the Texas Revolution. This was written by Christopher Lean. Christopher Lean is a author of four books, including When the Irish Invaded Canada, The Incredible True Story of the Civil War Veterans Who Fought for Ireland's Freedom and Strong Boy. The Life and Times of John L. Sullivan, his work has appeared in numerous publications, including the Boston Globe, the New York Times, the National Geographic Traveler. You can follow Chris at History Author. Phil Collins always remembered the Alamo. And, uh, you know, about fact-checked and everything, uh, before I made this radio show, I, I was sure to be concrete about the information about the part. I told you a story and you know, starting at the first of the show, but 
I wanted to tell you some more about it. Um, uh, but just the, the story part. But this is where, you know, I, I'm reading off about, about things about a rev- revolutionary. And it, it, it's amazing. And also, I wanted to read something. So what people today, including Phil Collins, get wrong about the Alamo? Well, I, I don't want to get into that because um, there's a lot of naysayers and a lot of stuff, you know. Come on. You got to come to the Alamo. You got to come to the Alamo. If if you came uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, even 15 years ago to see the Alamo, uh, now is the time to come again because there's so many relics, so many things that it's impossible to, to uh, you know, if you're old and uh, I'm not saying nothing wrong, but if your time is almost, you know, up or, or if you're in the process of, of you know, like, Let's say if you're going to go and you're going to be in bed a lot or you can't make it, try to make it and see the Alamo. Because this is something that Phil Collins, uh, as I want to say also to pray for him because he's uh, he's not doing so good. Uh, But remember, he's he's very old already in Genesis. He was, I think, in his late 30s or early 40s when he started Genesis. Um, powerful musician, i seen him in Chicago, and I really, you know, loved his music, even The Lion King and all other movies that he he sang for, and also, uh, there, I think there was a couple of movies he was in. I can't be sure, but I, I just wanted to uh, tell you about that. And okay, as we go down, I I want to start like in the middle. Uh, this is Phil Collins. He moved his finger down the window of he outlined the rest of the garrisons on the street of sightseers filled the plaza. But Collins scarcely noticed occasionally. He pulled his hand to his face and stroked his stubbled chin and he summoned the details but then he pointed again, pauses were brief. Those white tents are where the lunette was. The main entrance and building where Bowie died was on the grass patch. The Mexicans tried to get up the wall here and here, he said, moving his fingers along the Alamo Street before letting his gaze settle on the federal building to the left of the Senate until eventually everybody ended up here. Around the north wall beyond there, behind the federal building, there's a car parked where Santa Ana had his battlefield headquarters. That's where he stood and watched the north wall sending in more troops and more troops that the wall was weakest point of the Alamo and he knew it. Texans knew it too. We'd been together all of five minutes, but he talked as if he'd forgotten I was there. When I arrived with the photographer and her assistant, he pictured 
of proper English manners waiting in the hallway for us as we got off the elevator. Then ushering onto the suit he's been in all week, the living area looking freshly titled, with some manila folders bearing handwritten titles like Bowie Knife stacked neatly on the bar by the unopened complimentary bottle of wine. Through a doorway, I noticed the bed that he clearly tried to make himself. He wore a pair of denim pants. Uh, see, I'm reading, I'm reading from when he stayed at the Emily Morgan, the photographers coming in, uh, uh, little bits and pieces about Santa Ana, what he did by the car, the old-fashioned car. You know, he knew the wall was, uh, one side of the wall was the weakest point. So that's where he conquered in and all his troops just stormed in. Um, I noticed there was, I think, two of the generals and I think his wife or something under the table. And, um, you know, he uh, scarcely said, don't shoot me. Well, uh, then what do you want so we could stop this war? And he says, we want Texas. So instead of battling on, I, I don't know the outcome of it, but I, I know they, the agreement was that Mexico would turn Texas over to the United States. And that's how it all happened. But if you want to, uh, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff about um, Phil Collins that nobody knows about. I, I wanted to show you something. I mean, not show you, but tell you about, I think there's a, yeah, there's, here we go. And I'm looking forward to it. There, there's a, a declaration uh, when they, when they dug up that water well and found those documentations, they were in fine print still. Uh, the receipt of 30 head of bees. Colin called, yeah, I'm going to read it for you. The commander, William Barrett Travis, received one of the jewel of my collections. Travis wrote the promissory note in Spanish on February 23rd, 1836, at the start of the 13-day Alamo siege to Ignacio, Ignacio Pérez for beat to feed the men. Okay, this is also, I'm just looking through it. There's a Mexican seven inch howitzer shell. Collins called the intact 26 pound shell, one of the rarest items of the battle of weaponry in his collection. It was recovered from the Sea of Mud, archeologist site in Wharton County in 2000, believed that had been by the troops under the Mexican general. And we're going to keep on going. I want to, oh my God, this is one. Henry Chivalry's Bowie knife. Collins traced a long, interesting story of this knife, and it says believed to have been at the Alamo in 1836. Now how it got there, we will never know. It was made by Chivalry, a renowned cutler who lived from... 1784 to 1863. Here's another one. 
the Mexican cavalry officer's helmet made of leather, brass, and horseshare. The headgear is a pristine example of a cavalry officer's helmet of the 1830s. In his book, Collins suggests it was worn by an officer in the Mexican army's Dolores Batallon, stationed southeast of the Alamo, to chase and kill defenders from the fort during the battle. You know, I don't, I don't know uh, what a coincidence. Uh, there's a restaurant called the Batallon right there on, uh, right there on Alamo, and I think Cesar Chavez, and it used to be an old fire department, but. I'm, I'm going to kind of research it and find out if it was the Batallon we're talking about, about the Mexican Cavalry. But we'll get into that uh, more. And here's the good one. I love this one. Crockett's Bullet Pouch. From around 1836, it's displayed during a news conference on Tuesday, October 28, 2014. In San Antonio, Collis has handed over his vast collection of artifacts related to the Battle of the Alamo and the Texas Revolution to the state of Texas. Collins donated what's considered the world's largest private collection of the Alamo artifacts. It includes a French's leather pouch and a gun used by Davy Crockett and Jim Bowie's legendary knife. This is real good. Rumble de San Antonio. And yeah, no, it's not for sale. <laughs> it's just a, just a little glimpse of it. And it, it also says um, there is a book out. Phil Collins. And I'm going to put a... Uh, uh, when you when you look at uh, young generation uh, uh, presents TV and radio, you're gonna see a picture of Phil Collins holding on a declaration paper uh, inside, uh, framed and everything. And um, I'm gonna put this up because I I want everybody to know that uh, Phil Collins. Wow, it's just it, it's amazing. That that's what got me. Because he's from England, and uh, he just—he's just an awesome person. And we're gonna go through. I wanted to take you. Yeah. Yeah. About the. I, I already read this about the saddle pouch and everything, but I wanted to show you. Um, there's a book out, and, and I'm telling you, it's. I had it on here. Uh, if you go to uh, Amazon or you can go to Barnes and Nobles, you'll find it. Um, it's a it's a Phil Collins book. I'm looking it up right now because I I don't want to leave that out for you. And I'm. You know, I'm very happy about uh, what Phil Collins did. I'm looking it up right now. 
He's got other books out too. Okay, here we go. Not Dead Yet. There's a memoir from Phil Collins. Which you could at Amazon Prime. You can get that for $14.99. Phil Collins in the 80s decades. Also on Amazon. Phil Collins and Anthology Piano Vocals and Guitar Chords. Uh, they, okay, here we go. This is the one, The Alamo and Beyond, A Collector's Journey. Costs about $62 on Amazon Prime. But I know on Amazon there's a book, uh, some certain book, almost the same, that uh, costs only $45. And the memoir, you know, the rest is history. The book offers a nice glimpse of Phil Collins' life and childhood through the present day. The legendary musician revealed plenty of details from both his personal and professional life. This is Not Dead Yet, the memoir by Phil Collins. And I, I'm glad, I'm glad to bring this to you guys. Um, the, the memoir is a paperback, so uh, you can find it also at Barnes & Nobles. Uh, there's a lot of uh, books there. And uh, now this one, this one we got a paperback for $19, I mean $18. And um, I'm kind of surprised to find it Barnes and Nobles are a little bit cheaper, but um, uh, we're gonna have more. Uh, I'm gonna do a video on my TV show here in San Antonio, thanks to the city of San Antonio, thanks to uh, Mayor Ron Nornberg, also for um, making uh, San Antonio a historic uh, place and let you know, given the honor to Phil Collins and all that in the state of Texas uh, this is what we gotta uh, focus on okay here it is it's Amazon not dead well we got that one already the not dead yet one Phil Collins soy mi madre uh I just found that. I don't know what it's about, but it's a hardcover, $35 on Amazon. But uh, there's a lot of stuff you need to know about Phil Collins. I'm gonna, when I learn more, I'm going to bring more. Uh, I've been doing TV and radio for 23 years. Uh, it airs around the world. Uh, why it airs around the world? Because of Facebook and YouTube. Uh, sometimes I get a little harsh with God's word, but I, I, you know, the history and the cooking show is a, is apart from that, but it's, you know, I give God all the glory and I think, you know, um, San Antonio for the open door, how it's become, you know, uh, buildings, um, uh, the river walk is famous, um, I think it beat New York one time for the best lights. It, the Riverwalk is amazing, you know. Uh, if you got other stuff you want to look at, look at the Manger Hotel. The Manger Bar, go through the hotel. It's haunted too, just like the Emily Morgan. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt and the Rough Riders recruited right there. 
And if you go inside the bar, you'll find a carved X with a knife from Theodore Roosevelt still in the bar. And you'll find a lot of his pictures. Uh, there's memorabilia there. I don't know how much. That's another place I gotta check out. I don't know about the draft beer, but I don't drink. But it, it's still, it's a extraordinary place. Uh, it's haunted too, but I think it's more like a Casper the Friendly Ghost. Uh, uh, I don't think it, it, it you know, I, I don't, I don't get into that, but I know it's not an, an evil ghost, you know, but still, anyways, you know, we'll, we'll leave that alone. But, uh, if you, you want to find more and more about Phil Collins, look, uh, Google him and you'll find, it's like the whole books on Google, but you need to buy the book. You need to give it to your grand dad or grandfather. He'd love you so much. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, it's another upcoming um, uh, story I'm going to present on my on my radio show. Uh, soon on TV, I, I do come out on uh, YouTube, uh, Jimmy Perales or Young Generation Presents uh, TV and podcast. And I do the church rhythm and blues. I do all kinds of stuff. But we'll talk again. God bless you all. Thank you for this, um, letting me do this history thing podcast. And, um, I hope to, um, if you have any questions, uh, my email address is J I M P E R six, five at yahoo.com. And I would be glad to make uh, copies or anything and send it to you. Remember we're in this world for history, for God, King and country. And we love you and we thank you. God bless you. I'll see you when I see you.